Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast dedicated to our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi everyone, I'm Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. And uh, we're going to be covering Brand Five from A Clash of Kings. And I am joined by Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harfo on Twitter. So as usual, um, if you're a first, well, if you're a first time listener, we do spoil everything, and usually there's trigger warnings for rape and well, definitely violence. Um, okay, so uh, Bran has—they've received word from Rob that uh, his troops have won the Battle of Oxcross and they've gotten some castles. Uh, they've also killed Sir Stafford Lannister, but um, the general opinion is it, that's great, but no one knows who he is, and Tywin's the only one who counts. Uh, <laughs> Those kids are crazy, too, the Walters. Yeah. This, 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 I, I forgot they were here. And so yeah. he addressed them, and I was like, oh, they are here, and they're the worst. Yeah, the, the first, I think we can divide this chapter into thirds, and the first third is, like, getting the news about all this stuff, and uh, both of the Walders are there, and, and their commentary is hysterical. Um, I mean, just immediately go into succession. Yeah, um... <laughs> So the the quote unquote bad news is that Sir Stevron or Stevron Frey has died, and even though he's like an uncle or great uncle, the Walders so don't care at all, and they immediately like they're little kids, but they have like a, a deep understanding of how the Frey succession goes, and it sounds like there's about fifty people between them <laughs> and being Lord of the Crossing. And when um, Master Lewin is like, you know, I, I thought you'd be sorry. They're like, yes, we're sorry. And it's like so clear. <laughs> he is so bothered by them, too. He's like, you need to think about this. Oh, God. <laughs> and I mean, I guess that's what all they've been taught is just about the succession. That's probably all their family talks about. But why would you want to be Lord of the Crossing? Because it just seems like everyone wants you to die so they can be next. <laughs> yeah, why would well, yeah. any, and it doesn't sound like that great of a job with that aside. <laughs> well, and, and they're like, so Stevron was 56 and they're like, well, he was old and he probably shouldn't have been in battle. And they're talking about their relatives like, oh, yes, he's old. Yeah. He's fat. See, if somebody's 40 and they're not going to have, well, he's got a bad stomach or something. Yeah, he's got a bad <laughs> belly problem. <laughs> so, I personally enjoyed this part of the chapter. It has a lot of needed humor. <laughs> um, Brand, so that's sort of what's going on politically. Things are not good. Uh, Bran later talks to Osha uh, about stuff in the north, the giants, the children in the forest. She's she's seen giants, heard about the children. When he tries to ask her about the three-eyed crow, she has no idea what he's talking about. And then... I know I'm supposed to like them, but Jojen and Mira are the creepiest children ever. Yes. <laughs> um, I forgot how creepy they were. <gasps> Although I got to say Jojen like totally outstrips his sister here for creepiness in this chapter. Um, they show up and they're discussing the message from the Raven. And, and basically Jojen 
does admit that sometimes his dreams aren't straightforward, which, you know, if if you're telling people definitively that something's going to happen, maybe you should mention that also. Yeah. Um, Mention that first. (laughs) Yeah. A little disclaimer. So, for instance, we learn he's been dreaming about the sea coming to Winterfell, and he sees a bunch of dead people who he can now name, and he does. So, they're this guy, Alebelly, Nickin, who's the blacksmith, and the Septon. And Bran wants to warn them, and Mira and Jojen are immediately like, nope, don't bother. You know, they're not going to pay attention. They're going to laugh at you. You know, I'm like, then why tell about the dream? I don't understand the point of a prophecy if you're not going to do anything about it. But sorry. Yeah, no. And Alebelly actually like <laughs> he's the one that gets scared. Like he's oh taking serious. I, you know, that's like legitimate. Like if those kids were that creepy and he said he talked to them, too, like he heard it directly from them. Like that's kind of creepy in that world, especially, yeah. you know, and- <laughs> <laughs> well, and I. We'll jump ahead, but okay. basically, at some point, Bran does, you know, try warning the three people. And Micken is, like, laughs it off. The Septon has this sort of, like, you know what, when I go, I go. But A.O. Belly is the only one who takes this seriously. And unfortunately, um, his response is to avoid any kind of water at all. So he stops, he stops washing, stops bathing, and eventually there's this... Um, forced bathing <laughs> episode that happens because he smells that bad. <laughs> we um, we actually had a question about um, this ancient octagon on Reddit. Um, or no, this was Cardinal Girl seventy five from Discord. Uh, they asked, "Why do you suppose El Belly believed Jojen's green dream when no one else would? Was he more super- superstitious than the others, or did something Jojen say convince him he was telling the truth?" Probably the suit, you know, because there's always some, you know what I mean? Like if you get any group of people and then again, in this world, I, I would think that that wouldn't even be unreasonable to believe it. I think it would be weirder not to believe it. You know, not to believe. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're from the north. So I like I imagine that um, El Belly grew up hearing the same stories that old yeah. Nan had or the same kinds of stories where these things existed at one point in time and possibly still can. So, why, yeah, why would he not believe it mm-hmm. on some level? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I you got to love Bran for trying. I, yeah. And I don't understand this idea of like, okay, it's prophesied, it's going to happen. But it's like, why would the gods bother to tell you if they don't want you to do something about it? Yeah, that's a good, I always think that's a good yeah. point. Because like, well. Jojen's whole thing is that it can't be changed. And as you say, well, other, well why are they letting us know? Why, why give you the power to see this if, if literally nothing can be done about it? So, um... The other thing that happens in this second part is they Bran does talk about the dreams he has. So he's got he describes them as three types of dreams. So he has the wolf dreams um, where he feels like he's out there as a wolf eating, killing, running, playing, whatever. He's got the dreams the three eyed crow sends him. And then he's got dreams where he's falling. Um, And creepy Jojen warns him, don't talk about the wolf dreams because they mean he's a warg, and that's not going to go down well amongst, you know, regular people. And at this passage, I didn't quote it, but it kind of tore my heart out a little. Like, you know, Bran says, I don't want to be a warg. I want to be a knight. And they're like, well, you want to be a knight, but you're a warg. And you can't fly unless you open your third eye. And it's like, but no one can tell him how to. I mean, you know, <laughs> it seems like you're damned if you do. Um, 
he keeps trying to figure out where his eye, his thir- third eye is. And of course, being a child, he thinks it's like a literal third eye and he doesn't know how to open it. <sighs> They're not really helpful here. I yeah, I wish they had more. If you think if they had experience with this, they have some more like you know, like a little training or a little some information to give him. Or yeah, for Joe's and I have a lot of information. He has very little information. <laughs> it's not very helpful. None of this is very. None helpful. of it's helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's just like, and this is where I mean, again, sending your kids. Like, I I always wondered, like, did. Did their father send some with them, someone with them, and they killed? I, I'm sorry. I, I know right now Guile is probably screaming in the computer because she loves them. But I'm mean, like, I find them really disturbing. Um, they got then, some ulterior motives there. <laughs> uh, the other disturbing, there's more disturbing stuff in this chapter. Um, Sir Roderick returns um, with a prisoner called Reek. And uh, we're told Ramsey Bolton is dead, which we know is untrue. Um, and then we, we get this exceedingly charming tale of how, um, so Ramsey forced Lady Hornwood to marry him. He betted her. He made her, like, make out a will, leaving everything to him. Then he imprisoned her in the tower and left her to starve. And when they finally opened the tower, they found her there dead with, her hand in her mouth and her fingers chewed off because this is a fundamental understanding of how starvation works, but um, it's George. And uh, no one seems to know what to do about this situation, which has the Manderleys and the Boltons fighting over Lady Hornwood's lands. I don't know. How did they do? I forget. Like, how the hell did they make such an error that they thought he was dead and he wasn't? Like, that's a big mix up. <laughs> well, I think, like, it, it sounds like the people who would know didn't, didn't are, know are not going to talk about it and because yeah. it's a big scheme, right? I mean, yeah. and I mean, it enables Ramsey to like be in Winterfell, which I presume, I don't know if that was planned on Russo's part, but everybody's terrified of him who works for him. So they're not going to like tell. Yeah, and he's the bastard. So I feel like everyone else on the outside isn't going to, I mean, know who he is really. So Outside of anyone um, at the Dreadfort, everybody's going to think, yeah, why not think he's dead? Well, and I mean, he doesn't sound like, I mean, well, clearly we know he wasn't like a great guy everyone wanted to be around. So he probably didn't have a large circle of friends, you know, outside. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, And then the last part of the chapter, the kids are trying to come to terms with the dreams and the things Jojen sees in them. And now he has a vision that Bran and Rickon are dead at Reek's feet, and Reek is skinning their faces off. And, and, and like, this is the part, okay. And obviously to, it's wrong, but it's like, why would he tell, oh my gosh. Well, this is the part that kills me, okay. Because, like, Bran and Mira's immediate response is, okay, this is bad. We've got, I mean, Mira at least has enough humanity that we have to find a way out of this. But Jojen's like, well, it's all predetermined and you can't change it. <laughs> They are totally children of the corn. I know. I, I, and, and that's the thing. You'd be really, if you saw these, I mean, this is horrific. Like, is he that desensitized? Like, you'd, you'd be like torture. It would be like you'd be drive yourself over the edge, just PTSD from having these images and these dreams. And I mean, you know, you think you meet somebody who hasn't known them long, but you get some sort of empathy for the people you meet. And then, oh, you're going to die. You have a, oh. well, and and he's sounds- just so matter of fact about it. 
Well, and it, it does sound like like when push comes to shove, like he admits earlier in the chapter that he doesn't always interpret them correctly. So, I mean, like, I suppose with more maturity, if he were Maybe, older, yeah. he would be like, you know, he'd be a little more judicious about what he'd share. How old is he supposed to be? Did they say how old he, he worked this out? She's like, like 16 or okay. 15 and he's like three years younger. Oh, okay. So he's maybe so old 12, enough to 13. not. 12, 13. To not, if he's been having him his whole life, to not be super freaked out by it. Eh. Although, again, <laughs> I, I would think it's it's not like, oh, it doesn't look good, Brad. It's no, you and your little brother are <laughs> dead at the servant who's or this skinning prisoner you. who smells really bad. He's skinning your faces off. I mean, that is like next level. Yeah, it's not. And I mean, and Mira even says, "Well, why not just go kill him now?" Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, the guards will stop you, and if you tell them why, they're not going to believe you. That just doesn't feel strong enough. <laughs> I feel like you can still kill them. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, Bran is in charge. I he's mean... in charge, so why? Exactly. And I mean, and for this particular one, I mean, Jojen had to specifically see Bran and Rickon's faces. Like, this isn't one... The way he tells it, I mean, even though he says he doesn't always interpret them correctly or they aren't always easy to interpret, for this one, it seems like he specifically saw their faces. And and we know this not to be true. Yeah. It's very odd. And there's a lot of miscalculations here, but, like, the fact that they... I mean, this, they should have... Everybody should have foreseen that that would put Winterfell in a vulnerable position, having... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Everybody... You know, pretty much what they just... Did they say how many men they even have? Uh was it Roderick? And I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't sound like a very secure I mean, situation. At most seven. It just doesn't sound like a, it sounds like the fist of the first bed issue. Like, why would you? <laughs> this is another uh, like, yeah. What are you, this is all going bad. Ugh. Do we have any mail? Um, yes, we do. And I'll kind of go off that point um, about just the North in general. Buck O'Hare from Discord, they ask, the North without the Stark mm. seems pretty messed up. Why didn't Rob pick a stronger region? Yeah, exactly. I think the North being so far removed from things is mm-hmm. kind of goes back to the same reason like we've asked before. Why um, why isn't Rob um, betrothed anybody? Why isn't Sansa? Mm-hmm. At the, like at their mm-hmm. older ages, you would think they would be, um, but they're just so far removed from any, everything. I think these are things they just don't think about and haven't had to think about really in years. And yeah, false sense of security, and they're like, oh, that there's, you know, that everybody would protect them. Well, and I mean, clearly, this is a situation where the Starks have been the really strong leaders to keep all these crazy Mm. um, lower houses from going batshit on each other. Um, But uh, yeah, if it's this unstable, I. I really don't understand why those kids haven't been betrothed or married off to other mm. people to try to make it more stable. Yeah, it's just crazy how fast it comes crashing down. You know what I mean? It's just kind of wild. Like that they something that feels so secure, like all these, you know, centuries of that, you know. <laughs> all right. We have a couple more pieces of mail. Um Ancient Octagon on Reddit. They um, they say Jojen talks a bit about skin changing in this chapter. We've seen some signs of skin changing from all the Stark kids besides Sansa. Do you think she will develop that ability in a later book, or has her chance to skin change ended by Lady's death? Well, if, if Bran at one point manages to warg into other, well, he wargs into Hodor for certain. I mean, is that like 
Is that because he's had practice with Summer, or is that like they can just do it and they just don't know how? Yeah, it seems like it's not dependent on a specific animal or person. Or yeah, I think they all just have it. Um, I think she's less likely to develop the ability because she doesn't have her wolf. But I wouldn't think that she lost the ability. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't think she lost the ability. Like, say uh, one of the siblings died, but their wolf didn't. I could see a situation where now Sansa learns the ability because she begins taking care of the wolf that belonged to her sibling or something like that. That would be interesting. So, yeah, I do think she has the ability, but I doubt we ever see it, I guess. Hmm. Right, and our last piece of mail comes from Cardinal Girl seventy five on the Discord. Uh, they say I'm a little behind in listening to the podcast, so if this question has already been asked about Brand's previous chapter, just ignore this one. Maester Lewin tells Brand that there is no magic in the world except the wisp the wisp of smoke that lingers in the air after a great fire has burned out. He says that once Valyria was gone, so is the magic. Do you think Lewin was technically correct that there was little magic left in the world after Valyria was destroyed? Or do you think magic has always been strong but lay dormant until now? And if that's the case, what do you think is causing magic to become stronger now? It's not just Valyria, though. It's like the stuff in the beyond the walls happening. Yeah, I don't I don't think magic was ever completely gone. Um, I think it was always there. And as they say, I just think it was dormant until now. Um with everything happening beyond the wall, the dragons being born. And I think each thing that happens kind of strengthens the magic, I guess. And it feels like the magic is much like the seasons. It's just very cyclical. Um, It comes around when it comes around, basically. That's a really good point and a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, that's the last of our mail, right? Yes, that is the last of the mail. Well, if you would like to send us a message or question, you can do so at close the door and at gmail.com, or you can send us an anonymous message at close the door and come here, tumblr.com, or you can tweet at us at door podcast. Uh, we love reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to us. Um, and we also want to thank our patrons on patreon.com slash close the door. Thank you to our panel, and thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.